All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck with Al and Tom. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to You Suck. Um, I am Tom Bruno. No Alex today. Um, and actually, since I'm since I'm running the show, I can show you exactly why there's no Alex today. Let's go up here. Um, first of all, let's let's introduce you to my co-host. Apparently, <laughs> Shelly, um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna butcher your middle name, so you can you can announce yourself pretty. Please. Everyone does. You can just call me Shelly Kelly. The Monch part is uh in honor of my dad. Excellent, <laughs> Shelly Monch Kelly. Yes, yes. Shelly Kelly. Shelly yes, Shelly Kelly. Kelly. It's very Disney-like, isn't it? You, uh, you might remember Shelly from a few episodes ago, guys. Uh, she is a very amazing writer from my own neck of the woods, the NEK. Um, she came on and uh, she talked about her book last time, and she has a new book that we're going to talk about this time. But just to get this uh, show going, um, we are going to show – I'm going to screen share this. I'm going to show Shelly this. Hold on. Let me share this. Share screen. There we go. I'm very good at doing things clearly. Boom. Boom. This is Alex's foot. Um, I'm sure – can you see that very well, yes, Shelly? I can. I can. Oh, poor guy. If you, yeah. If you look right there, um, <laughs> Alex, first of all, needs to shave his legs. Um, that's just <laughs> number one. Number two, um, he done hurt himself, guys. A guy messaged him to uh, be like, "Hey, what are we doing? Uh, we doing the show in like 30s?" Like, no, man, I'm I'm at the hospital, and I think I broke my leg. So he definitely broke it. Like looking at that, like there's no yes, yeah. thank God there's no no um, external bone. Let's put it that way. Yes, um, I actually do another show um, called New England Natives, which I just really started. Uh, it's a live show. Um, I do with a buddy from, uh, from New Hampshire mm -hmm. and he was riding his snowmobile. And this is just to make Alex seem silly because it's like, well, if he could do a show, why can't no, no. Alex, <laughs> Alex needs to be seen and he needs to be getting, you know, better. Yes. obviously speedy recovery and best friend and podcast podcasting partner. Um, but, uh, he was riding a snowmobile and he was, uh, it was the first snowfall. He was really excited, brand new snowmobile. Mm -hmm. And he was, going over a little jump and then on um he rode around for a while came back and he's like i'm gonna hit that jump one more time why not you know yeah. and, he, and he gave a little gas yeah. and he went vertical and then the snowmobile landed on him oh. and uh he uh he done popped his bone out the whole the whole kit caboodle he actually needed surgery for such a thing yes 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 oh. and it was it was bad so yeah leg leg injuries guys like um shelly you were actually telling me that you hurt was just before we even get into your book you were telling me about you hurt your leg as well do you want to talk about that really quick um i cannot you cannot okay cool never mind never mind um so I three, people i did three and a half years ago and i okay still, you know I still yep. suffer from that, but gotcha. I've got a, I've got a great cane. And, um, you know, when I have to go into the city in crowded areas, I take the wheelchair just to, just to save myself from running children and, uh, you know, people occupied on their phones and whatnot. Yeah. 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 Just be like, Hey, excuse me. Would you mind getting out of the way? I'm a lady on wheels here. <laughs> <Have some respect. laughs> yeah. Shelly, you wrote a new, yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like Thank a lot you. Of it. Move. Um, 
you wrote a new book. Do you mind telling us what it's called? Yeah, it's called Lift. Um, I co-wrote it with Faisal Hoke and Jeff Wario. And uh, uh, Faisal is in Connecticut. Jeff is in Maine. And, and so it's almost the trifecta of authors. And um, it's about the fourth industrial revolution, which we're in right now. And uh, many people hear about the industrial revolution just in general, you know, going from, uh, let's see, roughly the 17, the mid 1700s to the mid 1800s, where um, automation became king, you know, through water and steam. And all of a sudden, hey, we have these machines. And uh, then that morphed into electrical power between roughly 1870 through the First World War. And then in the mid-1900s, um, electronics and IT, you know, came to automate production even more. So that lasted until the 2000s. And in the last five years or so, we've really gotten into um, the fourth industrial revolution, which is 4IR in abbreviated terms. And it's all about emerging technologies that affect how we work and play and get educated. And uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. I'm, it's, it's never ceases to amaze me the technological advancements that we've actually made, especially mm -hmm. when you consider that like, you know, couple hundred years ago we were completely relying on you know still well was it it was as you just said it was steam right obviously it was yeah, steam powered but that was first why do i always assume that it's like the 1800s that was like why do i think that there was actually like steam but yeah there must have been there were steam yeah, powered things well, back in uh, the 1700s yeah, steam yeah. was through the mid 1800s and then electrical power came in the uh, late 1800s hmm. and then finally you know like i said the mid 1900s up to 2000s, roughly 2015 was um, uh, AI. Well, no, excuse me. AI began about five years ago uh, when you were seeing the emergence of cobots. Um, you know, the little, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Which, which originated in Japan to to keep people company. As mm. odd as that was, you know, they they were initially programmed to assist with household chores and you know, mostly with uh, people who couldn't do for themselves. And now they've become a part of everyone's lives, it seems. Um, funnily enough, it, it's so funny that you mentioned that because like the, there was this commercial for this robot and it was a friend robot. And it was like the first one, like yeah. main stay in America. And the thing almost made me cry because yeah. like it, it's this little boy. And he's obviously like a little disassociated from, you know, yeah. everything is his mom's trying to talk to him. It's a very long commercial. And like, that just tells you like the storytelling of it all because yeah, that like commercials should make you cry. Like, like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> unless it's like a Maxwell commercial or something and they're showing yeah. the dad and exactly. all this stuff. You're like, Hey, <laughs> coffee commercials should only make you cry. Um, but like this boy is like a little disassociated. He's not really talking to his parents. And then they get in this robot and they like introduce him to the robot. And then the robot kind of like, you know, talks to the kid and he like, you know, says, how was your day? And things like this. Yeah. And then the boy comes home sad and he's like, he's like, you know what makes me feel better? And like, I'm just like, God, that's just like, it's, it's so bad that we have to be there, but it's, it's really nice that we have that available, I guess. Yes. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's only one part of the, the fourth industrial revolution, you know, cobots and, and robots that, for example, um, 
uh, all of a sudden bomb sniffing dogs just came into my head because <laughs> you see robots that are now um, doing human tasks. Yeah. And one of the most obvious ones, sadly, is a uh, bomb disposal, you know, mm. and, um, why not save lives by it? You know, it's not all bad um, without getting into the whole trajectory of um, that Will Smith movie about. Oh, uh, what was that movie? Um, I robot. I robot. Yes. Yeah. yeah, We won't get into that, but anyway, (laughs) um, the whole fourth industrial revolution tied in with other drivers, which include in the last two years, the, the COVID pandemic which is huge. And we'll get into that in a minute. And climate change is another one. And then misinformation. Um, all of these components together make more than a trifecta, a fourfecta, a quadfecta, whatever, um, uh, of change that, that lead to the need for what we're calling transformational leadership. So what I mean by that is how many of us have, uh, had jobs, whether it's with corporate America or freelance in whatever form it is, right? Blue collar, mm-hmm. white collar. We have bosses or we have clients. And the old form of leadership is transactional. In other words, mm-hmm. hey, Tom, come into work, work eight hours, you'll get minimum wage. And we expect you to perform these steps to do your job effectively with the expectations that you'll do your job successfully and on time without mistake. And at the end of that day, at the end of that week or month, you'll get paid X, Y, Z, right? That's purely transactional. You do the job, you'll get paid. But there's also a great amount of fear involved in that. If you don't do your job, you'll get written up. If you get written up two or three times, we're going to fire you for non-performance, subpar performance, you know, all of that. So the shift because of COVID and misinformation and climate change and all of that and, and how we interact and how quickly we interact because of social media and being connected 24-7, you know, on the internet, mm. is the shift toward transformational leadership. Now, that means leaders who are on board, first of all, with what they need from their employees, from their team, and that everyone is a proper team, and that soft skills are just as important as hard skills. And by that, I mean, hard skills, do you have a degree? You know, do you have a certification in computer programming, IT, whatever, versus soft skills, excuse me, also added to the hard skill thing is how many years of experience do you have? You know, do you know how to program this? Do you know how to tune a piano, whatever it is, whatever your skill set is, you know, what is quantifiable? Whereas soft skills are how empathetic are you? You know, do you relate to your coworkers and to your team and to your bosses? And, and it's um, these skills have never really been, uh, at least not in the corporate America I've worked in, um, appreciated, you know, um, which members of the team are empaths, which ones are creatives, which ones are purely technical, but we need them too. You know, everybody needs to come together kind of to the knights of the round table, 
right, with all of their skills and not be judged by them, but rather celebrate them. Mm. And this ties into where we get back to COVID is think of how it's changed our lives, all of our lives, all over the globe. Back when I started in, in, um, corporate America, you probably weren't born yet. Um, it was in what, 87. It was in oh, one year before I was born. Shelly, come on. See, one year before I was born. <laughs> and I was two. I was a young starter. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, all that time up until the time I became a full-time freelancer in 2015. Yeah. Everything was transactional, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you just didn't go beyond what the boss would say. And you never worked from home, ever. No. You just go in. It was all FaceTime, whether you were working or not. And the boss had to see you at the desk, producing, producing, producing. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason why I left. Because as a writer, I am um, I have insomnia. I work at night. I don't mm-hmm. do it in the day. You know, sun comes out. I'm like a vampire. So <laughs> I can see you're, I see all the blinds put down and everything. You're just like, ah! everything just shut. The light on here is blinding me. Oh no. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. I was like, oh, we could change this. Maybe we'll just sit I know. Exactly. Something. She looks kind of pale too. Um, <laughs> you look fine. Shelly. You look great. And your, 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 your sparkles are really bringing That's out the nail. Um, <laughs> anyway. So with COVID, you know, lockdown happens, right? Nobody knows how long it's it's going to last, what the ramifications are. And all of a sudden, employees who are used to doing that FaceTime and working at their desks and being seen in their offices are now working from home mm-hmm. many times at the request of the companies they work for. Mm-hmm. Don't spread this pandemic anymore. Just work from home until we call you back. Yep. And so the cause and effect of that, right? COVID came along, there was lockdown, people were working from home and guess what happened? Uh, Companies realized that workers, whether they were at the very bottom or the very top, could work more effectively from home because they weren't having to commute, first of all. Mm -hmm. They could take care of their families, which uh, lessened the need for babysitters and caregivers and all of that. Mm -hmm and actually made them more productive, you know, because who wouldn't want to go to work in shorts and a t-shirt? Yeah, I know, right? Without having to get dressed up and make the appearance. So that definitely was one thing, uh, one drive. Do you happen to know how much productivity went up? Because I I remember listening um, about that, like the moment that, first of all, the moment they're like, oh, people start working from home. I'm like, why why wasn't I part of this? Like, I wish I would have been offered to work at home. I was more of like the, uh, most of the jobs I've done, I'm mostly the the grunt of it all. Like I'm the builder, whatever it might be. So I I was always forced to, you know, go on home. And then Mm -hmm. I heard about um, people working from home. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. First of all, that, that takes away, you know, the need for having like, like physical brick and mortar businesses. Yes. Like, to be totally fair and honest, like you can save a lot of money. The business can't on rent. So I'm sure that was a huge. Impact. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
And then on on top of it, like like you were just saying, like people are happier in their own space when they don't feel judged, yes. when they don't feel like that, you know, like, oh, Alan across the way is doing 10 times the amount of work. You don't see how much work the person or you have to listen to what they're doing yeah. or put you maybe in an uncomfortable position. Exactly. So it was a no brainer for them to, you know, be like, oh, let's do this from home. Obviously, one, because of the pandemic, but two, mm-hmm. um, it seems everybody's productivity went up. Do you happen to have those figures by chance? I mean, obviously, since you were doing the do the book. I don't know if you have it on hand or anything. Um, Just- I don't have it on hand except to say that it's it's in the double digits. Yeah. By far. yeah. You know, it's I'm not I'm not gonna say it's ninety percent, but right. when you consider that say an average commute is an hour and a half to two hours a day, that mm-hmm. right there is a huge factor. And oh, yeah. also, you know, like I said earlier, I know for me, I work best in the wee hours of the morning, you know, when it's pitch black outside and totally quiet in the house. Even though we don't have a noisy house, still, that's when I work my best. That doesn't sit well with FaceTime in a corporate office. You know, they expect you to work from nine to five or whatever the hours that everybody else is there. Yeah. Um, Google actually has been doing this for years. They've been allowing people to work at home uh, for a very long time. And they're they're really kind of like the the forefathers of this whole situation because mm-hmm. they set up that they're like, listen, we don't care how much you work. We just care about you getting your work done. So right. it's like you can you can log in for three hours a day, for two hours a day. As long as you're yeah. getting the work done that you can get done, we don't care. We just want the work to get done. And that actually made a far more productive and happy work environment yeah. um, if you, when you can set your own hours like that. So, you know, exactly. companies like that have been doing it for a while. And it just took the rest of, you know, the, the, the pandemic, the world to catch up with that whole situation. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there there's been a certain, um, by, I say big corporations, corporations in general, mm. you know, that have demanded, okay, you need to show up here, do your work, then go home and over time and all of that. Um, that's such an outdated model, primarily because of COVID. Um, I was going to say too, that back in the day, working from home was something that was reserved for C-suite level executives. Yes. Oh, Joe is working from home today when everybody underneath Joe knew that Joe was really fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it wasn't anything that any of us really ever considered would be in our wheelhouse, you know. And and so that's something that, that as devastating as COVID has been for the entire planet, um, it has brought about this change that is, you know, once once you let the cows out to pasture, they're not going to be want to, they're not going to want to be corralled back in. I'm not, that's a horrible metaphor. (laughs) I like it. It's it's very fitting to where we live, Shelly. I mean, you know, cows, pasture, it works. It works. I I support this. And the heritage turkeys. Um, Yes. yes. Anyway, uh, workers now at all levels of achievement have had that taste of working from home. And, companies have realized we don't need these gigantic corporate buildings mm-hmm. you know although we want to control our employees still we're actually benefiting from this you know because we don't have to pay rents and insurance and everything we can effectively manage our employees from home or mm-hmm. you know from their homes and it's never going to change because you even see a um what do they call it? I think the the great resignation wave 
that's happened in the last year to two because companies have all of a sudden started saying, well, we need you to come back to the office and their workers are going, no, yeah, I'll find somewhere else that appreciates me and lets me work from home. And that brings us to another um, uh, issue that another shift within the fourth industrial revolution. And that is um, the shift from corporate America being the boss, right? Being the leader Mm -hmm. and the, the, the type A kind of thing to the individual, to the worker, to the consumer being king going, "Mm, I don't have to work for you. I don't have to buy your goods. If your company doesn't support sustainability and eco-friendly things, right? Because I can go somewhere else and get exactly what I need, whether it's a job, whether it's goods and services, any of that. Well, and also in that same respect, like they, it feels like this whole situation has also made the employer really appreciate the employee more now. Like before, we were all expendable, right? Like I work for plenty of places where it's like show up, do your work, or get out. Like we don't need you here. And now because they're hurting so bad for employment, they're like, oh, shoot, we have to pay you a livable wage. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And don't get me wrong, not every business is doing that. But Mm -hmm. it seems that like the steady trend of businesses starting to be like, oh, we're like um, the place I used to work, Galvia, they Mm -hmm. raised the rates again. And Mm -hmm. this is like the third time in two years they've raised the rates. And it's, you know, obviously it has something to do with gas inflation, right? Like right now gas is at all time high and in Mm -hmm. Vermont, like we're, we're doing not horribly, like, especially if you compare it to like California where it's like $5 a gallon or something, but we're not, we're not too far behind. So there's that. There are a lot of people where we live have to travel very, Mm -hmm. very far. Mm-hmm. And that's not a business that you can do primarily from home. Some situations you can. Some people are working from home at that at that uh, business, but mm-hmm. a lot of them it's an in-house thing. You have to show up. You have to make sure. Thing. And they're like, okay, if we're going to demand you to come in every single day, and we expect you to come in every single day, and we want you to be happy working here, we're going to have to pay you a livable wage. So that's that's yeah. like one of the first big things from this whole thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the other um, and the more important thing is something you just really touched on, which is that like the product is or whatever it might be is you know now the consumer's discretion whether or not they're going to buy it like well it used to be we're the only place to get this so guess what Mm -hmm. you like it or lump it and now they're like well there's actually like six more of you that do and i like the way that business b does it because you know they really focused on the environment they're uh there's you know their 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 uh product is recyclable they really don't you know they send me the they send me the package and the peanuts that disintegrate whatever it might be that makes exactly. them focus on that they take so, care of their employees you know yes, they, yes. and there, yes. there's there's worker satisfaction you know yes. that's that's another component of it mm-hmm. and um that ties in too to believe it or not um another driver within this industrial revolution this fourth one is climate mm-hmm. change we get to sustainability and and uh, what we were talking about earlier and Climate change is undeniable. In fact, we had a um, case study in the book about this uh, pair of brothers who grew up in New Mexico. And, uh, you know, out in the sun all the time, it's like the high desert, right? And had no problems. And each of them left to go to college and spent 20, 25 years. One of them was in Los Angeles and another one was in another state and came back. Uh, for 
I don't remember, a family reunion or some gathering, and uh, spent the afternoon with their friends, just hanging out in downtown, having a meal, you know, al fresco. It was spring, late spring, early summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the brothers, they went back to their hotel room, um, noticed that he had like this rash on his wrist of little water blisters. And the other brother noticed the same thing. They're all, what is this? Mm-hmm. And they discovered it was because of the difference in sunlight. Huh. That, yeah. And that they never experienced as younger men, as boys growing up. Yeah. And they said, you know, the sun did feel different. I know that sounds really strange, but they said we, we felt like we were sizzling. Yeah. I mean, and this is not the takeaway from the obvious, you know, climate, uh, the, the, the obvious thing, the, the fact that the climate is changing. It's, it's not taking away from that. But I mean, also there, I would argue that there's something about leaving like, okay. So if you're a Florida resident, you live in Florida mm-hmm. and, um, and once again, this is not battling climate change. I do believe in climate change. Yeah, it's just, yeah. this just to point out something. Um, so if you live in Florida, um, for many, many years, you move away, say you go up to New York to live for, you know, mm-hmm. a decade or something like that. You go back to Florida, you're like, holy shit, it's hot. <laughs> like, it's so hot down here. Why is it so hot down here? I, exactly. I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So there, there's a little and bit of that as well. But th- of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, Completely. you know, neither of them were vampires. I mean, you know, they- <laughs> I'm like you, Shelly. Very subdued lighting environment out of the sun. Very and rice to you, Shelley, and be the vampire. This is I'm I'm uh what's his face? Uh oh my goodness. I can't remember what his name is. Uh that guy there that interviewed Brad Pitt. Whatever his name I mean, is, that yeah, guy. Yeah, that guy, you know, that guy. Back to your point, please. That's Go my ahead. point. <laughs> Faisal's really gonna enjoy this part. Anyway, <laughs> again, that so yes, so that's one thing with climate change. Um uh my co-author Jeff, um is from uh he's lived in maine forever and was mm. noting that um this lake where he swam as a college student is now you know 30 years later or something is a much different temperature you know than it was then and it's not just because he's older you know mm. he's noticed and um so, I mean, you hear about the, the fires in California. It used to be that um, every summer, late summer, there'd be wildfires in Southern California. Mm. It just was the natural thing. All through Malibu, Los Angeles, the, the hills and, and canyons. And then within a month or two, the rains would come and wash it all away. And then there would be flooding. And then the rest of the year until the following late summer, early fall, uh, the landscape would reinvigorate itself. You know, it would come back to life. But it was like that burn flood every fall. And Mm. now that doesn't exist anymore. It's Mm. everything is burning. There's been a drought for at least a decade there. And, you know. And without getting into the whole argument of, yes, it, climate change exists versus no, it doesn't, here are just the obvious things that, I mean, I've noticed in my life, you know. Yes. And yeah. I mean, tying into that is we get to another point of, of what drives the Industrial Revolution, and that is misinformation. Yes. Um, right? People think they read one article and they think, <laughs> first of all, that they're, yes, yeah, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
or watch one TikTok and they're like, I am now an educated person and I know everything about masks. You don't I need to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Biological welfare. <sighs> welfare, warfare. Good Lord. Um, I, I've just I, created a new thing. I, I have like a friend who doesn't believe in masks, which, you know, you know, whatever, man, that that's totally fine. But I'm like, listen, here's the thing is like, I, I don't like wearing them particularly, but I do. And I do it because I've been far less sick than I have in previous years. And I got three kids. Like we are a very mm-hmm. active family and stuff. So yeah. like, obviously masks work. So like, why are you trying to tell me they don't? I, I have evidence that points to the contrary. Right. It's not because I'm not doing the same stuff I was doing before. The only thing that's different mm-hmm. is I'm now keep this thing on my face when I'm out in public for the primary. Yes. You know, I, mm-hmm. so it, it really blows my mind when people start saying that. That was just uh, that was just my first of the misinformation. That I was like, you you really just believe everything you hear, don't you? Because or everything you listen to on certain news agencies or whatever it might be, whatever mm-hmm. you particularly, yeah. especially because now. Um, news agencies, if you like something on Facebook, they cultivate to that, right? Like if yes. you, if you click, yes, I like this, then all of a sudden the algorithm kicks in. It's like, oh, so you want to hear more about people that don't support masks. Mm-hmm. And then it just gives you more inf- misinformation yes. and more misinformation. And all of a sudden you're just flooded with nothing but evidence pointing to the contrary. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a weird time to be living right this second. It is, it is. And also, um, generationally speaking, um, with millennials and Gen Zers and then the next generation being born with the internet at their fingertips, right? They have um, more of an advantage and a disadvantage than us oldsters did because, you know, we had to rely on book encyclopedias, yeah, you know, and, and oral history mm-hmm. and carving well, hieroglyphics on stone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like all those old, all, all those stuff. old things. Granted, I, I tried to ex- I tried explaining to my daughter the other day how I used to like look through microfiche and things along those yes. lines. Like, and she's like, what's that? I'm like, yeah. well, it's kind of like a computer screen before the computer screen. She's like, so what'd you do? I was like, well, you read news articles. Like they take uh, a yeah. paper and they, they put on, you could literally go through an entire listing of newspapers. She's like, Oh, it's like the internet. I was like, yeah, pretty much. It's just like, exactly. Um, so, you know, you get 24 seven, um, assimilation, right. From mm. all social media. And, uh, you even hear about the tragedies of, of young people bullying other people on social media that leads to really, really horrible consequences. And there's no policing of it. You know, now I'm not saying we need a police state, but I would hope that younger generations, grow to understand the importance of due diligence and fact checking and using Snopes, you know, and other Mm -hmm. forms of understanding and proving that what they're reading is either true or false because otherwise, um, Hey, I've got some pet rocks I could sell you. I bet you they're very nice pet rock, Shelly. I mean, come on now. They, yeah. they, they, they come in the cage. I'm not going to lie. I, they are very hard to have a housebreak. And if they don't come in the cage, I'm not buying. I'm just I saying. Know. Yeah, but but I pack them with Easter grass. Oh, cool. Oh, that's not very responsible of you. That Easter grass. No, it's first thing. It's reciprocal. Okay. Uh, I, I digress. But <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so misinformation is just a huge thing. I remember 
probably about a year ago, um, reading on Facebook, oh my God, Gregory Hines was such an amazing dancer, RIP from one of my friends. Mm -hmm. I thought, wait, I remember he died when he was 54 and that was a long time ago. So I corrected her. I said, well, yes, rest in peace, but he didn't just pass. He passed, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Instantly, several friends of hers flamed me. One of them called me a Karen. She said, what? well, aren't we miss no at all. I'm just trying to say that he was great and we do miss him, but he didn't die now. He died, you know, I'm going to say 15 years ago. Um, I'm not being a Karen. I, I'm not, this is my friend. I'm not trying to make her look like an idiot. No. I'm just telling her what's fact. And at, at, still, what I was point, at what point do you think that it really, I mean, obviously in the last couple of years, but what, like, what point do you think it really started becoming like giving out facts became like bad? Like none, like it, it used to be like, you know, if you were to tell somebody something, it'd be like, wow, that person knows a lot and I respect their opinion. They they certainly know X, Y, and Z. And then now you can even fact check people. Like that was like my favorite yes. thing. Be like, they'd be like, oh, you know, I, I like being that guy. I'd be like, well, mm-hmm. actually, this is when this happened. Let me check this out really quick. There you go. And now we can talk about this in real because I don't like having conversations where I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. If I am, I'll be like, I don't think I know what I'm talking about. Let me just double check that really quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, it it's you don't want to sound stupid. So you sound like you're really just trying to have your friends back and be like, hey, listen, this is when he actually died. So you don't want to keep saying this because that just makes you look silly. That and makes everybody you look else, silly. You know, and everybody else in the world is apparently like, no, Shelly, you can't say things that are accurate. That's horrible. How dare you? Exactly. How dare you? Well, you know, I think uh, without getting political about it, I think it started probably four to five years ago when yep. – the administration started relying on a lot of social media to communicate with the nation. Then it really ramped up when COVID hit because Mm -hmm. now people are locked in their homes. There's not a lot to do. They're not. And especially for extroverts, my husband and I are introverts. So life really didn't change for us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we don't mind (laughs) vampires don't mind being stuck at home. (laughs) Um, but for those who are not used to it, um, it can be extremely stressful. And so what do you do? What do you have at your fingertips? You have the internet mm-hmm. in all its good and bad forms. Mm-hmm. You know, some people learned how to cook on YouTube, which is great. Yes. Other people took deep dives into the dark web, which is not mm-hmm. great. You know, And so um, I think probably two to three years ago was the tipping point when people just started panicking going, Oh my God, this is happening. Did you hear about it without? um, So it was an an immediate reaction, you know, Mm -hmm. to what they read on Huffington post or CNN or Fox news or whatever it was. Can you believe the trauma clutch the pearls? And then their friends would, it's true, their friends would get involved with it and go, no, that's not what I heard. I heard this thing. And it's almost like that little telephone game that kids do. You know, you line up five kids and 
you start the story with Joe went to the post office and it ends with the five kids that my mother killed a pig. <laughs> and that's just at all. people in the line, you know, um, I know I'm getting way off course, but um, oh, it's, it's it, good. This is supposed to be like a real conversation. It's, it's, and it's not supposed to be yeah, directly yeah. in course. That's what happens with real talks. Shelly's like, yeah, you know, sometimes you get off on <laughs> tangents. Um, I like to, disassociate myself from the internet as much as seemingly possible. Like I, I, my, my buddy is very on top of everything. Same buddy about the non-mass. He's, he's a great person. So yeah. I don't really care what it, you know, but he's so involved in everything news that like, whenever he comes over, he'd be like, you didn't hear about this. How do you, how do you live? If you don't pay attention to this? I'm like, dude, it's just so depressing. Like, I don't care. Like if yeah. it's not my local news, I don't really care about what's going mm-hmm. on everywhere else. And no, we're on that. I say, I guess that sounds kind of like callous mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. But yeah. the fact is like, I like to just live life. And here's an example. This um, is not blood, by the way. <laughs> just me. Sure, Shelly. You tell yourself whatever you want. I, I hear that bathing in virgin blood is good for you, so I'm not here to judge anyone. I don't know. <laughs> it's how you look amazing still, Shelly. Just, just, we'll just put that in there. Um, when I go on vacation, um, I tend to – I have my phone. Everybody has their phone with them. I yeah. tend to, like, bring it, but I don't bring it with me. Right. So I, I have my phone for my books, my podcast, whatever it might be. And then the moment I'm like there with my family, mm-hmm. I kind of just slide it off to the side. And yes. I do this because, and everybody's like, well, how do you take pictures? I'm like, well, I have a camera. I bought a camera. Um, I, I've had, I've been relying on that for a long time now. Um, mm-hmm. Well, how do you take videos? I got a GoPro. I, I do the same exact oh. thing. Like there, there are ways to get around and don't get me wrong. Like I understand that, like, especially like some of the newer phones, they take amazing pictures and stuff like yeah, that. Really but do. They really do, but you can actually accomplish a very similar thing with just a basic camera. And the reason I do that is because, like, even though the ease of pulling out your phone, taking a picture of your kid at the beach, and then posting it really quick is 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 it's awesome, right? Like, it's yeah. so great, and that's why it's so addicting. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, the moment that you do this, and then you start doing this, it's like, oh, I forgot what I didn't see what Shelly did today. I got to go look what she did exactly. Today. And then all of a sudden, you're out of the situation that you're living right this second and yes. you're now in your own little world, which is like, you're missing real life at that point. So yeah. I really wonder if like, there's going to be like a resurgence. Cause I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess a little bit more old school minded, but I wonder if the new generation is going to have like this resurgence of appreciation for older tech, like in the way of like, you know, not yeah. relying solely on the thing that seems to be driving everything right now, which is the internet, which is the phone, which is the yes. easy access. And all exactly. like, what do you, what do you think? Um, personally, uh, and and this wasn't really addressed in the book, but I know it's definitely a component of being connected, right? What does connected mean? Does it mean you've got every bit of technology at your fingertips? Or does it mean you can have a one-on-one conversation with one person sitting in front of you and understand what that person is saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So on a personal and a professional level, um, I think there's going to be a coming to Jesus moment you know, where people are going to realize, well, there already has been. When you realize that Gen Zers are having to take classes and even millennials, younger millennials are having to take classes on how to interact one-on-one with other human beings and not rely on texting Mm -hmm. or FaceTiming or any of that. Um, uh, I learned last summer that, and I'm so old school, I punctuate, I capitalize, and I'm a writer, right? Which ties into that. But 
I realized in texting, and it was driving me crazy that some of my younger friends and colleagues were just, everything's lowercase, no, Mm -hmm. no punctuation or anything. And it would just, you know, I'd pull my hair out. And uh, I sent a text one, one day to one of my friends that I was meeting for lunch and said, "Um, I'm here, capital I, right? Period after here. Uh, what's your ETA question mark? And she said, why are you being so hostile? Wow. And I thought, wow. I'm sorry, question mark. What do you mean, question mark? Oh, my God. Why are you being so hostile? Uh, I don't don't understand. Oh, my God. How could you not? And I could just hear her voice in my head. I didn't realize it had gotten that bad. So I discovered through lunch with her and mm-hmm. speaking with her one-on-one that she said, oh, my God, you're so old. Punctuation. So blasé. How dare you? Punctuation is hostile. Well, it, it actually comes back to something we were saying before we recorded, right? Like um, I would write work emails and I would write in all capitals because like it, it makes it easier for everybody to read. I'd space yeah. it out. And uh, I'm sure to, if you were to read them, you'd be like, no, Tom, no, just, just but, but that's fine. I would expect yelling. You. My mother is very big on grammar and proper punctuation as well. She's she's a you know she's an amazing lady like yourself. So like I get that, and it's just funny how people like to interpret things instead yeah. of just reading as is. Like it's 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 like everything has a secondary meaning to it instead of just being taken on face value, which is something yeah. that I feel like. You know, I feel like this is just going to be in the podcast. A couple of people ripping at the new age or something. I don't know. But like, it, it seems like it's this generation now that like that really kind of takes meaning in some of the weirdest things. You're like, that doesn't the, if you look up in your dictionary really quick, this is what this means. It just means yes. I'm taking a pause for a sentence and not so much that I'm trying to be aggressive. Yes. Like, and, and I understand what your friend, how your friend takes that, because like, like, because she's reading as I'm here. You know, yes. like, you know, where are you? ETA like that's exactly. the, but it's it's like, but I was actually just asking you, hey, I'm here. Where are you? You know, I'm here. I'm sitting at the table in the back of the restaurant. And I ordered this is, drinks. This is why my least favorite form of communication is texting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. I prefer FaceTime. I prefer calling like these yes. are the ways because there's inflection in your voice. There Absolutely. Is. And and there's eye contact and there yes. there are what are called in body language uh, circles, um, micro expressions. Yes. Right. That, that, that we as humans can differentiate, right. As even between humans and animals, right. When your dog goes, (laughs) you kind of know what that means. Right. It's it's the way that we've kind of uh, evolutionized. So we can be like, okay, so that guy's gonna run at me really quick. I better just like sidestep because I'm reading his body language. Yeah. He's acting very aggressively. Exactly. But it, it but it's not the same thing if you're t- like looking at a text and you're like, this guy's being very aggressive. He's gonna come at me. It's like, no, I was exactly. actually just it's, saying yeah, it's hi. Different. It's it's yeah. Oh, so there are actually man. college classes now on how to interact one on one. You know. Um, when you, when you go to restaurants or or parks or even movie theaters and people are just constantly involved with texting and their phones and FaceTime and Mm -hmm. scrolling and, you know, swiping Mm -hmm. and all of that, um, it takes the humanism out of things. 
humanity and humanism. And it will eventually implode, I think. I hope. Yeah, nothing, nothing drives me crazy. Like, and I, I give my wife, you know, lots of leeway with this because she's got really severe ADHD. So I don't expect her to sit there and like want to carry on a full conversation. She's got to be doing something all the time. And I feel like, like a lot of things like TikTok are kind of aggravating the situation. And I, I, once again, I sound like such an old fogey because like my daughter loves, and I was a big uh opponent against tiktok when i first saw it i was like eh, yeah. like little 30 second long things i'm like that doesn't draw my attention but right. i i started getting into it once i saw that my wife and my daughter were both into it like yes. my wife makes videos my daughter makes videos they show them to each other they like each other's stuff i think that's very cute i'm like okay yes. you know what that's fine i i can totally right. get with that mm-hmm. but i feel like with the quickness of it and how little attention mm-hmm. it takes to do something like this or not even just do it just how quickly you can absorb it yeah, it's really making like things like books on tape or reading or, yes. you know, like reading long articles really kind of obsolete at this point. It's like, no, if I can't consume it in 30 seconds, I don't want it. It's like, exactly. Why? Why? Yeah. And, you know, it's really all conditioning. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, you know, when I was in high school, one of the assignments in English class, read War and Peace. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> I know why. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, I could have gone off, but I won't. Um, versus nowadays, if you said read War and Peace, uh, there would be a revolution. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. What? That's, that's no. Right? Well. It, if I can't capture what I need to know in three minutes, yeah. right. Or even 60 seconds, it's, it's way beyond cliff notes. Oh yeah. You, you young ones out there. Cliff notes. cliff notes is like the abbreviated form of most popular books, which kind exactly. of encapsulates like the big, you know, huge yeah. chunks of it, but in a very easily digestible way, they all, it's like, it's, I mean, another thing they probably, you know, it's like a books for dummies, you know, like yeah. they, they basically, you know, break it down. So you don't have to read the whole thing. They, they write your book report for you. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Pretty much. It's, it, it's nowadays. We're it's not condoning cheating. <laughs> Don't cheat, guys. Um, funnily enough, my my littlest one uh, learned that cheating um, is not good. He didn't cheat or anything, but his yeah. teacher was saying, if you copy it, you know, not to my kid, but he was, he was talking yeah. to one of his friends. If you were to copy off your friend, that's that's cheating. And he's like, what's cheating? And she's like, well, you know, cheating's not good. It's, it's you know, mm-hmm. he's like, do you go to jail for it? And she's like, not really. And I was like, well, sometimes Not in second you know. grade, but yeah, eventually. <laughs> Yeah, once once you get to like plagiarism, then you're kind of like you know that's an offense. And as a writer, um, yeah. like you know that's probably something that you're like, hey, 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 don't cheat, guys. That's um, you're taking money number, out of my mouth. The number of clients I I interview, you know, that say, well, can't you can't you just cut and paste? Oh my god! No, no, I can't. As a writer, like my fingers won't let me do that. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, I don't know. I don't even know anymore, Shelly. It's 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 becoming a it's becoming a world that I don't recognize, and it's 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 just something I really kind of hope does implode. Like, and not in the sense of like completely like you know like mm-hmm. aggravated. No, I um, get it. In fact, there was a six um, not sixty minutes a Sunday morning show piece a couple of weeks ago, um, 
with Tom Brokaw speaking to, among others, Leon Panetta um, about the war in Ukraine mm-hmm. and whether Putin would resort to using nuclear arms, you know, in the war. And he said, well, there's always that. But he said there's also the more devastating possibility that he will uh, do cyber attacks. And while it might not kill people, it would freeze banking, Mm. commerce, uh, the internet possibly, you know. And um, speaking of imploding, what would all of us do? You know, Mm. we'd be watching reruns of All in the Family on TBN. Um, And actually maybe having to read, you know, and other kind of old school things like that. But yeah, when you think of cyber attacks and, and the whole thing imploding, you know, think of when you have a power outage now, right? There's panic. I can't get to Facebook. I can't get to TikTok. I can't get to YouTube. Where's my news? You know, what, what do you mean? Turn on the TV? Well, you can't. Anyway, what do you mean? Play a board game. This is insanity. Oh, (laughs) cards what's that oh my god you know uh, and so it's it's bound to grow out of control to the point where yeah there is going to have to be again my personal opinion not trying to influence anybody um just because i'm ancient and i've seen these things morph from good to not so good um it's it's almost too much for its own good Mm. I would would not disagree with that. As the book points out, transactional leadership can't continue, you know, in Mm. the way it has because COVID and all these other factors have changed it forever. And Mm. even if COVID were eradicated today, right, people are still used to now uh, working from home or Mm remote working part of the week, you know, and going in part of the week and having that control in their own lives. Um, Who would want to go back to a physical office if they didn't have to, you know, that's just, that's taking the whole implosion thing a little step further, but it's, it's all the same thing. Well, you've seen the grass is greener on the other side. Why do you want to come back to this? You know, and there does have to be, um, you know, what if there are cyber attacks that cripple the world, mm-hmm. right? That are, who would think that there would be anything worse than nuclear war, right? <laughs> well, there is. According to some people. I mean, me personally, I would be a little afraid of the nuclear war first. They're like, so we're going to drop, we're going to drop an EMP on your state. Like, well, that's going to suck for a couple of days <laughs> instead of, <laughs> instead of them be like, we're going to drop a nuke on your state. Like, well, that's going to change everything. Let's not do that. Yeah. Let's not do that either. It's not. Yeah. I'm not saying that one is less. No, no, no. no. I, I completely other. understand <laughs> what you're saying. I'm just saying like, I, I get what you're saying. It's just, it's, yeah. it, but if you were to say that to like my kids, they'd be like, don't do the EMP though. It's going to, it's going to ruin everything. It's like, well, it's going to make everything difficult for a couple of days, but you know, we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah. You know, everything will come back up eventually. Like we're mm-hmm. a very, we're, we're a smart race and we're able to like, you know, the, yeah. the humans are, humans are able to, you know, overcome almost anything. Yeah. But if you were to be like, well, we're going to drop a new, actually, I would hope my kids would be smart enough to recognize that a new 
Luca's worse than EMP. I yeah. would hope. I, I don't know though. Like you're if, you're going to talk to them after this, right? But just, you know, a nuke's worse than sure. the EMP, right? Like, hey, like kids. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, something came up today. I just need to chat with you for five minutes about. <laughs> Shelly was saying something very interesting. I just want to make sure you're still on the level. Make sure that you're uh, keeping an even keel when it comes to reality. Um, yes. and th- these are the things that are worse than the other things. Yes, Shelly, I got to say, my friends, um, I always love when you come on. It, Thank it's, you it's, so it's, much. It's, I love coming on to. Thank you. you. Um, Please. I know that's not what I meant to say, but, you know, trying to keep it clean here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, clean or it's all the same thing. Um, so, Shelly, this is your time to promote. This is your time to tell people where they can keep track of you. And they're not in the weird way and like the good way of like seeing what you're doing next, all type of stuff. Not in the, the stalking floors. kind of way. Don't, don't do the stalking thing, guys. That's no, not that's is. not cool. Yeah. yeah it's Thank weird. you so much. Well, um, I really appreciate the, the opportunity, Tom, and always mm. lovely to chat with you. Um about anything and everything, whether it's planned or not. And um, my website is smkwriter.com, W-R-I-T-E-R. And my first book website is heresyourpillkitten.com. Um, <laughs> Hilarity from Tragedy, I guess, is it's the, the uh, title of the day. Um, and Lift is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And uh, it's just, uh, in fact, last week it hit the number one spot on the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Really? Yeah, All really. All right, Shelly. All right. Really? Well, yeah, girl, I've, get it. I've had, I've had a great, great time collaborating with Faisal and with Jeff. And it's, to my mind, a really meaningful book that, that encapsulates everything that's happening in normal English, you know, so that anybody could pick it up and not have to be a thought leader or a business executive or, you know, someone with lots of experience in the business world to understand and employ in their lives, no matter where they are in corporate America or as a freelancer or whatever. So like I say, it's on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and uh, everywhere fine books are sold. Excellent. Excellent, guys. I would recommend um, definitely... I read um, Here's Your Pilgrim, so definitely check that out. And um, you, you, I mean, the Wall Street Journal, wow. All right. I've never had anything on the Wall Street Journal. I need to step up my game, Shelly. <laughs> um, guys, this has been – you suck. Oh, no, no, hold on a second here. Um, back it up. Um, so, hey, guys, if you like this episode, um, you should be checking out our website. And let me go through our things. Da, 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 da. See, I haven't touched my mouse in a while, so now i got to go and scroll, start scrolling. This is why Alex does all this. He's much quicker. Oh, yeah. I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Um, yeah, okay. So you should check out usucknetwork.com. It is the home and hub for all things US, UK. Um, there is this show, You Suck Podcast with Tom and Al. And uh, yeah, we just kind of bring on amazing guests like Shelly Monch Kelly. And uh, we just have a real honest conversation. We love seeing what people take from all walks of life. Um, there is Thor's Kin, which is the Wednesday night live show. Um, that is David Raby. He loves it when I say that. Um, <laughs> Alex and uh, Moose Cooper. And they get together and they just have a blast. They do things like Butt Chug Island, which is a ridiculous name for a already established show, which is uh, Room 101, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's basically like they take things they really hate and they drop into Butt Chug Island, never to return and they have debate on why it should never return. It's, it's very, very funny. <laughs> um, 
And if you're on YouSuckNetwork.com and you're like, hey, these guys built a fantastic website. Why can't I be like more like Alan Tom? Don't thank us. Thank our good friends over at WebOrchard.com. WebOrchard.com, guys, they are a website building business. That's what they do. They don't make kittens. They don't make sandwiches. They make websites. And um, if you are saying to yourself, man, how do I like interact with the world? How do I really put my product out there? How do I get myself known? There's nothing better than a website. So whether you are selling things on Etsy or you have yourself a book, whatever it might be, you need a website. So reach over to the people at webwatch.com guys, and they will set you up with an amazing website. All right, that is the end of that. Um, you know what, Shelly? You you've been you've been my you've been my get you've been my co-host this whole day. So this is what <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm Tom Bruno. You're gonna say you're Shelly Monch Kelly, and then we're gonna end the show. Uh, thank you guys very much uh, for listening today. I have been Tom Bruno. I'm Shelly Monch Kelly. Thank you for visiting. Thank you for visiting, guys. Later. All right, enough spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And uh, oh yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck with Al and Tom. You're one stop for this sort of thing. That was so much.